Have you checked out the Somebody You Love Patreon yet? For just $3 a month, you can get every episode without ads and you get them a day early. For $6 a month, you get all of our bloopers and behind-the-scenes action. For $10 a month, you get monthly bonus episodes. And for $20 a month, you also get the bonus episodes as videos. You can cancel anytime, and when you sign up, you get access to everything that we've posted so far. We also have annual subscriptions where you save 10% and get one month free. Patreon.com slash somebodyyoupod, as in podcast. You do have to type in the URL because Patreon hides 18 plus creators from the search, so you most likely won't be able to find us by searching. That's patreon.com slash somebodyyoupod. Welcome to Somebody You Love, or the sale of two titties. I'm Jenna Love. And I'm Holly Hart. And we're experts in disappointing our parents, breaching community guidelines, and banging the people who vote against our rights. Before we get stuck into the episode, we would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the lands from which we are recording. That is the land of the Ngunnawal people, in Holly's case, and the land of the Darug and Gundungunna people, in my case. We recognise their ongoing connection to this beautiful land and the continuation of cultural, spiritual and educational practices of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. Sovereignty was never ceded. Today we are returning to telling some, some anonymous, some not anonymous, embarrassing stories from our peers and friends in the industry, just as a reminder that wherever you fall in the hierarchy, we all poo. Sometimes at inappropriate places and sometimes. times. <laughs> and sometimes we bleed and sometimes we vomit and all of those sorts of things. So I haven't even read all of these stories yet, but it's probably important for us to do a little disclaimer that if you're mm. eating right now, that may not have been your your best idea. And if bodily fluids and gross stuff ain't your thing, maybe skip this episode. As we re-enter the dark depths of hooker mischief this week, we, uh, we start with a story from Kristen. Kristen got stuck in line for a wedding for the lifts at an out call. COVID procedures meant that there were four people allowed in the lift at a time. The wedding was easily 300 people. I was waiting around the block in this huge line, surrounded by children. I was wearing ripped thigh highs and a short bodycon dress and texting my client frantically apologizing. I ended up being half an hour late despite arriving at the hotel 15 minutes early. I like how I can't tell if the ripped thigh highs were just because stockings suck and they're really overpriced and they always rip or if she was like going for a trashy hooker look. Yeah. Yeah. And like when she... When it said like surrounded by children in ripped thigh highs, I was like, oh, these are some edgy children. Like, edgy. Yeah, we can't keep like, up with the fashions, babe. We're getting no, old. I, don't know. I thought the same thing. <laughs> All right. That one wasn't gross. We started you off with a non gross one, but this one, we're, we're going there. It's anonymous. I've projectile vomited in multiple expensive high end suites from deep throating. The first few times it happened, I was so upset and embarrassed. And now I'm just like, it's hot, isn't it? And their gobsmacked ass is always like, oh, so hot. Can you do it again? Booking you for tomorrow again immediately. Oh, my God. <laughs> Which I feel like in my experience as somebody who also has done – well, I've never projectile vomited as a result of it. But I feel like sometimes I've had clients be like, yes, this is the best. And sometimes I've had clients be like, oh, shit, sorry. 
we should take a break because that's that wasn't my intention. I don't know. Maybe this person has different experiences to me. But I find that generally across the board, they're not all into that. It's a very acquired, like it's a very specific kink. Um, it's a niche. And I, yeah. It's a niche. And I feel like a lot of people or a lot of dudes really like you to gag on their cock or to have like a really mm-hmm. sloppy blowjob. But the actual idea, like actual like food coming up is is where it starts to get a bit like, oh, that's that's quite confronting. And so, yeah, that's to, another to step. actually yeah. projectile vomit it and, and the guys be like really on board is, uh, I mean, that's a win uh, because mm-hmm. the, the alternative is that could be extremely awkward if that was uh, if that was an accident mm-hmm. and the client was like, oh, shit, that is my absolute nightmare. There goes my boner. Let's not even look at each other. Like, please See, leave. Like, that would be I don't awkward. think I've ever had somebody be really grossed out by it. But have you but, blown full but, chunks? Uh, yeah. Not projectile. Whoa. Well, yeah. Okay. Uh, you know I've got a terrible gag reflex. I do. I do. But I just, I mean, I yeah. get, the, I mean. Hmm. Okay. Often because wow. I drink so much water before bookings, often it's like water. That's Which yeah. That's usually the gross too. Like it's the pre vomit feeling. I mean, yeah. Mm. Mm. But yeah, in my experience, generally the people who aren't into it, I've not had anybody be like, "Oh fuck, you've killed it for me. I'm not into this anymore." All of them yeah. have just been like, "Oh shit, baby, you're okay." Like I didn't realize it was going that hard or whatever. And I'm like, "It's fine. It's fine. Just give me a sec. We'll clean up and and whatever." But yeah, I've had it like on my carpet and stuff. And then I'm like, "Fuck, now I've got to wow. you know, clean up." Yeah, it's gross. Cool. Fair. Anyway, point of the story is, wow, I'm so glad that people were like, that's so hot. That's cool. Let's not like, you know, shame people for awkward shit that happens during sex. You know, let's get on yeah. board with it. I also wonder if people would be surprised to hear. I know I'm going off on a million tangents here, but like that a lot of my clients don't even want me to like gag on the cock or anything like that. Like, you know how you said, you know, a lot of guys really like the sloppy yeah. gaggy, like that's true. But I also have had plenty of clients who have been like, Oh, I really don't like, it's too porny for them. It's wow. they don't like the idea that it's causing me any sort of pain, even though I don't get any pain from gagging, but like, they're like, mm. Oh, don't like that. That does kind of kill it for them. And wow. I just think people should know that I'd that does exist. That. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I, it seems overwhelmingly that dudes want me to like choke on their cock. Um, mm. So, yeah. Well, I enough. used to think that and I'd yeah. go for that. And then a few times people were like, oh, is it okay not if you can it. like not gag? Yeah. Yeah, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Love this. Such a learning experience. Yeah. <sighs> Anon, had a client miss my pussy and hit the little in between section at full force. That'd be the oh. perineum, right? Yeah, yeah straight. Perineum I mean, penetration. Oh. I think that's better than when they slip and hit your anal or anus, right? Like they and it. Oh, I'd <gasps> much prefer that. At least no. there is a hole there. Well, see, mine would, wouldn't doesn't open, and so then Yours it's just like open. oh, the, honest, the pain will, will make me vomit. It's, it's I have had that experience. It oh, is very unpleasant. It's yeah. extremely painful. Sorry to yeah. interrupt Anon's um, gripping story here. Uh, I jumped off him, gushing blood from my crotch. Holy shit! Locked myself in the bathroom. Called my agency. Called my pussy something from the fucking Antichrist. Agency refused to send a car, and I had to finish what? the booking. That's fucked. We waited out the rest of the two hours on the couch, awkwardly, in silence, as I tried to stem the flow of blood from within my legs and failed. I feel like the agency is going, no, no, we've got to deliver for the client. If I were the client, I would have complained to the agency. I would have been like, this is fucking disgusting. And, like, even if 
their only interest was in the client. The client's not getting anything special no. from that point. Like, no, that's it's not benefiting him either. Watching his hooker bleed out on the couch. Like, what the fuck? That's not. Oh, yikes. <laughs> Mr. Love just interjected I- and said, how sharp is that guy's dick? Which, yeah, I kind of, it does seem, it must have just been just the right angle or maybe it was like a bit of a tear on the pussy. Like maybe it wasn't, I don't know. It's pretty wild. Pretty wild. Anon. I lost my virginity to a client. The client knew that he was my first ever booking, but he didn't know that I was still a virgin. Midway through sex, he asked something about how it felt for him to be my first client ever. I replied, not my only first, winked, and all the blood drained from his face once he understood what I meant. I've never had a client go soft so fast in my life. I got sent out to someone back in my agency days. Opened the door. He asked how old I was. I proudly proclaimed 18 and he mumbles downcast that he asked for a MILF. The agency car took half an hour to get back to me. I awkwardly waited on the bed in silence. Oh, my God. That's such an agency thing to do, isn't it? The yep. poor guy. Like, and, and obviously the poor worker, but, like, they're both expecting to have a good time. Yeah. And, like, he yeah. asked for what he wanted and she yep. turned up thinking she was doing the job. A pretty simple request. And honestly, pretty like, simple. he would have, I mean, you know, in my experience, dudes call anyone over 26 a MILF. So, he right. pro- like, you know, he wasn't requesting somebody who had had a child he just was requesting right. somebody who literally wasn't 18 and that's the exact thing he got Ah, uh, that sucks that is such an agency thing that's so unfair and i can so see her being like proud of it as well because right? the general expectation is that men want someone young we mm. all know those of us who have been in the industry for a while know that that's actually not always the case at all mm. um mm. and that a lot of clients are really not interested in seeing someone particularly sort of under the age of 21. But I, you know, when I was 18, 19, 20, I thought, oh, all guys want to bang a teenager. Like I thought that that was what was sexually desirable. So I can see her just being like, I'm 18. Like she's in some porno (laughs) and he's just like, uh, yeah, yeah. No, not a MILF. Yeah. I, uh, when I worked in a brothel, um, we were told to always, say younger ages than we mm-hmm. were or to, to say that the other workers were five, ten years younger depending on, on what yep. they could get away yep. with uh, because, yeah, this idea that only younger women were bookable, which we've Fucking learned. brothels, man. God, they put some horrible ideas yep. out there, don't they? When I, I was working in a brothel and I must have been, oh, God, I cannot work at ages. I think I was like 28 maybe. And a size 16 and my bra size was a 16G. And one day I overheard the receptionist um, describing the the workers they had on and they described me as 23, a size 12 and a C cup. No, a D cup, I think they said. And I was like, okay, well, that's like, that's an entirely different person. Like you've just described a completely different person. I was definitely told to do that by management when I was doing reception. They were like, you know, that's what you do. And men won't know the difference. Men, this is what they said. You know, men, so insulting. Men think bra sizes, A cup, small, B, C, medium, D, big. So that's all they, yeah. they know. They don't know all the other, you know, so just say A, B, C or D. And, yeah, um, yeah our size 16 women are a size 12 because that doesn't yep. sound like a very large number. And, yep. you know, our um, our – 
40 year old women are 35 or 32 yeah. and, and things like that so just wild isn't it um but they really yeah, i they hated to it. say that they're, yeah i mean yeah i don't horrible. blame the receptionist for doing that because i understand no, no. that that's the culture and probably came from higher up yeah but i was like i feel really gross about that i'm yeah you know that's i'm nearly you. 30 and this is and like i was like oh but my boobs are not like they're nowhere near d's you know <laughs> and she was like yeah but if you say g they'll think you're old what? And I was like, I don't know what the fuck that means. <laughs> like, what? I've never heard that. Okay. And I have, yeah, I mean, I've G for grandma titties. Yeah. <laughs> and I know exactly what you mean. I've had plenty of guys go, oh, my God, what are these Ds? I'm like, yeah. oh, honey. Oh, honey. I yeah. was a D in year eight. Like, fucking hell. But, All right. Don't I mean, brag. Oh, <laughs> I'm not bragging. Trust me. It's not something I'm into. But, um. <laughs> But I do understand that, that there are a lot of men who think that D cups yeah. are massive titties, mm. um, which is quite humorous. But sweet. I'm still like, well, you're not helping, are you, by lying yes. to them? Yes. You're not helping the problem. I know I get it's the game, whatever. I don't know. It shits me. I'm not into it. And that is one of the reasons I work for myself. Mm. And Non has also put in here a hilarious time that they referred to a position during a double as the human centipede. Uh, which I'm probably- sure I've done that. I love that. Oh, have you? Oh, you don't love that. <laughs> no, but like what you, you've all been giving each other oral like from behind or rimming and that's a human centipede moment, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. As if you wouldn't I mean, call it out. If uh, I was human centipeding, I'd be like, come on, guys, we need to acknowledge this. I so. I think that's fantastic. I've never thought of it. Yeah, it's quite, it is quite <laughs> cute. I do like it. It sounds like maybe the other worker didn't find it as adorable, but I'd yeah. have a good old chuckle. Yeah, we're into it. We like weirdness in a booking. You could have a laugh. I mean, that that's an iconic film of our time. Mm. Like, that's culture mm. right there. Just try not to poo into each other's mouths. As you Just know. try not to, yeah. That's, yeah, try to hold yeah. it in. That's all you can ask. Or this one is, or this is just cringe, I think. So when I was 18, going to a work function as the date of a middle-aged man wearing a slutty cocktail dress and a wig. And I mean, at 18, no one can afford a good wig. Like it would have been a shit wig, I reckon. All of his co-workers were asking me questions and then laughing because it was so obvious what was going on. Oh, I feel like that's so cringy. That's so, so sad. I can think of myself at 18 and I thought I knew everything. Like I just thought, you know, and and I can just imagine being super confident. Yeah, being super confident and being like, I've got this. And and, and then years later realising that everyone in that room was like, oh, you know, "Ah, that's so awkward. That's so awkward. Oh, it's the God. wig for me. In my, it's, I'm sure it wasn't it's this bad. In my mind, yeah. it's like a hot pink bob from like the dollar store. <laughs> yeah. When I'm imagining, you know, like a blonde or a black, you know, but a blunt cup. But you know, yeah. when they're cheap, they've got that really cheap. plasticky look yep. to them and it yep. just looks hookerish. Like, yep. ah, yep. that sucks. Yep. That sucks. That sucks. <laughs> a guy told me I look so pretty like Britney Spears. And then immediately after, I did the loudest fart ever and we just stared at each other in shock, saying nothing. And oh, pretty farts. It's a lovely, yeah, it's a lovely compliment, but um, we all fart, yeah. And uh, you and I do it all the time with our clients. So we hopefully we're breaking down the fart barriers. <laughs> you know, hopefully our clients go and see other workers yeah. and, and if they let out a fart, they go, oh, don't worry, Jenna farts all the time. Holly, rip the all biggest the stinker. Like, don't worry Can't about it. Can't stop them. So used oh, to so. farts. Yeah. 
And hot. they don't even look like Britney Spears, so you've yeah. got one up on them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they don't even act like they're embarrassed, so. Yeah. <laughs> they have no shame. It's yeah. very strange. <laughs> We've all been there. I remember when I worked in a brothel, it was my first time fighting in front of a client. And it's funny, I can remember the first time. But yeah. I had this client who he, I think he used to book the other workers. He didn't often book me. I think it was like the second time he booked me. And um, we didn't have like a great sort of connection. It was fine. But, yeah, we were yeah. sort of going at it. And uh, we were pretty silent, you know, and it was getting it on. And then I just sort of went like <laughs> and let this big fart. And he stopped and I stopped. And we just looked at each other and I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And he just sort of did this little half nod. And then he never booked me again. <laughs> he must have been so repulsed. But I was like, dude, like, what are we really going? As if like it's a fart, pal. Like, yeah. I'm not trying to do it, but I'm human. So actually the other day, so I've had this experience so many times in my life where particularly like if I'm in doggy and then I get up, I'm going to I have know. pussy farts. I've 100%. heard it. 100%. You, mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's going to happen. Especially yeah. this is what gets me when they're spreading my butt apart to do doggy. Mm. They are like they are like pushing as much fucking oxygen in there as possible. Mm. And then I get up and I all of it has to go somewhere. Yeah. And they're often surprised. I'm like, "Well, you did that. You I mm. I have no control over what just happened. You entirely did that." And yeah. they'll be like, "Oh my god, you're f-. and I'll be like, "No, it's my pussy." Like, Ugh, yeah. "Dude, that they're queefs." But yeah. then just the other day, <laughs> I farted in a booking and this client was like, oh, are they pussy farts? And I was like, oh, no, they were real farts. <laughs> and I just thought it was funny that, like, he gave he gave me the out and I was like, yeah. no, nah, babe, nah. no, that was legit. You're just owning it, yeah. <laughs> but again, I've said this so many times, sex farts are different to normal farts. Mm. They're not like a, like, I don't know, they don't smell. Although these oh. days, I don't know, because I still can't smell since COVID, mm. so... I Maybe they've started stink. smelling. I wouldn't no, know. They, oh, no. do they? Oh, do you I, bet, I bet. Oh, I bet mine fart, my fart. I'm sure my farts stink. No, I've like never you. smelled them. Not in yeah, bed. Yeah, but I don't – I hold them in from you. Like I don't no. do – I don't fart. No, but when you. we've been in bookings together. I haven't farted in a booking with you. Oh, haven't you? Mm-mm. Oh. Hmm. I don't even – I just assume there's just a cacophony of farting whenever people are naked and bang. Like I don't know who's, whose farts are whose. I guess they're probably <laughs> all mine. <laughs> they must be. <laughs> I'll let you know. Whenever oh, we have shit. a double together and I fart, we'll just stop everything. <laughs> yeah, we better. Waft. In fact, tomorrow I want I want you to fart. Although oh, I won't no. be able to tell you if it Let's smells because I still can't tell. Yeah. Let's not do that to yeah. our beautiful client. <laughs> oh. Just I like an experimental right fart. Chuckle. I think you would love it. Would take it well. Okay. Hey, the tangents. Um <laughs> So this one, this person said, I'd like to preface this story by saying that I didn't smell at all, speaking of smelling, and I didn't have any discharge or itching or anything going on. So that's a, that's an, a wild preface before yeah, we find out what this I, is about. I just grimaced. Yeah. I'm like, here we go. This sounds like it's, ooh. <laughs> okay. Was fucking this client in doggy when he stopped and said the condom had come off. Not ideal, but also not unheard of, and it's comforting when the client is actually concerned. Hard agree. So I reached around expecting it to be dangling out of my pussy, as it would normally be, but it wasn't there, so then I put my fingers inside me, but it also wasn't there. So then both my client and I were looking all over the bed for it, and I got my client to fish around in my (sighs) vagina looking for it, and at one point he grabbed something, but it wasn't a condom. So I was like, okay, stop tugging that. It's probably attached. <laughs> Which oh, makes me feel sick that with someone pulling on something down there. Anyway, 
Um, and at this point, I'm starting to get worried, thinking I'm going to have to go to the hospital because somehow the condom has gotten sucked into my uterus. Because, yeah, that happens. Uh, I decide to check my vagina again before I go into full panic mode. I grease up my hand and I really squat and push. And then I realize that I need to hide from the client because I can't feel the condom, but what I can feel is a sponge. We've talked about these before on the show. Sponges are often used when we are menstruating. I go to the bathroom and pull out not one, but two sponges. My last period was about a month before. The condom was up there too, tucked behind the sponges. This bitch could have died. That is hardcore. Okay, Holly looks gobsmacked. Holly can't speak. Holly's broken. <laughs> Not much will make me speak. That is insane. <laughs> I think yeah, as well because you-, you and I are so afraid of periods. I feel like no, we're also just no, no, I like it's like it. another oh, no. level. No, I was saying today about how like I wish I could had periods so I could like never mind. <laughs> yeah, I won't tell that story. Yeah, I hit that limit and I go, oh, this is this is this is for public consumption. Tell Jenna yep. that off air. And now I'm the one no. who's who's not speaking. <laughs> no, I love I've I'm cool. My you know, I can periods are fine. I just don't have them. But that could have been like incredible, like toxic shock syndrome. Like having that in there for so could long. Could have died. <gasps> yeah. Could have died. And two. Two of them. I'm like, have there been other clients in this? T- like, how did how did Probably. how did they not go? Mm, this is a wow, fuck. Well, I'm clients, okay. you know, don't often feel a sponge. No, no, but I mean, the worker weren't they like sort of in between, yeah. you know, bookings and sort of feeling mm, that wasn't. Mm. I don't know. Eventually, after a month of it being there, you'd think there'd be some discomfort. But wow, I'm so glad they're you'd okay. Think so. that's, yep. Whew, Jesus yep. Christ! Wow. Anon, not really embarrassing, just wild. After a booking in a brothel, I opened the door and there were about 10 cops standing outside waiting to arrest my client. Apparently they rocked up 20 minutes into the booking. I'm guessing because my genius client got in the spa wearing an ankle monitor and they wanted to go straight in, but the receptionist wouldn't let them and was ranting about how traumatic that would be. So everyone just stood right outside the door waiting for us. Oh, bless that receptionist. Yeah, I agree. That's nice. That would that would be highly traumatic and that yeah. that is some good receptioning. We talk okay. a lot about bad receptioning on this show and that that is good. Mm. But also then knowing that the cops were just waiting for you to finish fucking like so uh. intense. Um, why did he get in the spa? What a fucking idiot. Anonymous. A couple of months ago, I ripped a guy's foreskin. I was using this new type of super thin condom and they kept getting stuck when I was rolling them on. And in a split second, I must have somehow yanked and tore his frenulum. Blood filled the condom. Oh, that's good. It's good that it was sort of contained. The client started crying. Oh, the poor boy. Um, Then he started freaking out that somehow I could have given him HIV. She's put, of course, in brackets. Massive eye roll. Like, he's the one bleeding. (laughs) Anyway. I felt like the biggest bumbling idiot child and not like a super cool and together escort. Then one of our friends responded and said, I have also torn a frenulum. He just didn't care. He pulled out. It was filled with blood. And he was like, yeah, that happens sometimes. Let's do round two. And I was like, madam, your penis is bleeding. (laughs) And then the original, the OP said, I wish that was the case with this guy. I asked him if it had happened before. And he said no and looked at me like some kind of penis murderer. (laughs) 
One time, another worker in a brothel stole my shoes as I was getting dressed to go home. There were no cameras in the change room and you would literally turn your back for two minutes and someone would walk past and steal your stuff. And I had to take the bus home wearing track pants and red <laughs> That's pleasers. such a look. That is a vibe. A look. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I saw someone wearing yeah. that but walking like confidently, I'd be like, what a bloody legend. I bet, mm. I bet her butt looked amazing in those trackies. Why are people stealing shit though? What is the why? Why why do why do people steal? What's that about? I have shot a sponge out at a client. The first time I ever used a sponge, I was terrified that it would get stuck and I wouldn't be able to get it out without like some <laughs> without like some fucking skinny salad tongs or something. I like the aggression at the tongs. It's fucking skinny salad tongs. Oh, sorry, that really that really tickled me. Uh, so it didn't get shoved in very far. Oh, that was your first mistake, babe. Mm. During foreplay, we're lying down. He says something that makes me laugh. At this stage, he's sort of like halfway down there, head over my belly. I feel the sponge coming out and I clench in panic. This makes it worse and it instead pops right out, leaving a lovely smear of lube slash vag juice slash blood down my thigh and onto the bed. Very disappointingly, no like distance, just a sort of flop. I feel like I can hear it like like a little, like a wet little flop. Uh, we both had a what the fuck look and I very calmly explained to him what it was, apologizing profusely. We cleaned up and we kept going. Very impressed with both of us for our maturity. I have never told a single person this story. Anonymous, please. But if he's listening, he'll fucking know. <laughs> so I hope that person is listening. Mm. I was just putting numbing cream on before laser and remembered when a client freaked out because I put numbing cream on my vagina and his tongue went numb when he was going down on me. Uh, yeah, that would stress me out too. Yeah. And that's <laughs> such, like, what's it's, wrong? It's such a yuck feeling. Like oh, I've had a numb weird. tongue before from numbing cream, mm. not because of, yeah. But ugh, it's just not a nice feeling. Mm. I'm interested why she was doing, maybe she was in pain or something. I'm trying to just get through the sore. booking. Yeah. 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 I know in brothels, yeah, when you get worn out, some people do that to, yeah. to get through. I wondered if it was just that she'd gone to laser and then hadn't like gone straight to the booking or something. But, mate, yeah, who knows? Mm. But it's like that people that have tried uh, using uh, like sprays for like delaying the sensation and stuff, all of those things that have mm. like numbing or cooling effects. You don't want yeah. mouths involved when that's happening. Yeah. All right. I'm douching for a client. Fuck up and the water gets too far up. I'm flipping the fuck out, calling every gay friend I have. So this is the thing, right? With douching, there's like two ways of doing it. So one is like a – I'm sure there are technical terms for it, but one's like a mini douche where you're just douching like just the rectum Um, and one is like a full douche where you're kind of douching like your whole system. And the mini one, you only need a little bit of water – but if you go past that point and you put too much too much liquid in, then you have to do the big – like you've got no choice. Once you go past that like threshold, you're in for the big one. So that's obviously what's happened here. Um, they've gone a bit too far and they're like, fuck. I know that I put way more water up there than came out. So, yeah, that's the other thing. It, like it takes a lot longer. So you're just going to have water up there, which will come out, but not immediately. 
She said toilet yoga, bathroom yoga, squatting, bearing down. It is not coming out. I went, I like this, I went past the second thing or whatever it is and I was like, fuck, (laughs) which is, yeah, going past the point where the water's supposed to go. Prayed to Jesus. Opened the door, dressed all nice and pretty, kissed the client on the cheek. We get down to business pretty quickly in the bedroom. Foreplay takes about 10 minutes and then I'm naked, lying on my back, butt perched on the edge of the bed, holding both my legs up in the air. I mean, I don't know if that was the best move to pull at this point in time, sister. (laughs) He he kneels down, peers at my asshole with a loving gaze and slowly pushes one finger in. You know how beavers make dams, logs upon logs, stacked upon each other to keep all the water in? Well, this man just removed a crucial log. His finger gently pressing in absolutely blew open the seal and that douche water from an hour ago sprayed out with great force all over his face. Uh, They ended it with, this is why I stopped douching y'all. And one of the reasons I don't douche is because I've had too many experiences myself with other people's douche water. And I am on that gravy train. That's a really poor choice of analogy. Yeah. (laughs) I'm so grossed out on multiple levels now. (laughs) I just think if there's going to be poo, I'd rather it be poo and not not douche poo. Like, oh, fuck. Agree. Yeah. Oh, it's so yuck. Mm, The water. I don't know why. You would think making something watery would make it better, but it does not. Mm, No. Do you think we have traumatized people enough that they will never book a sex worker? Mm, Yes. Possibly. But this is the thing like, oh, so often I come across like a Reddit post where somebody's like, oh, I farted during sex last night or I farted during sex a few months ago and my boyfriend hasn't wanted to have sex with me ever since. I'm like so mortified. How can we get past this? And I'm like, babe, babe. (laughs) Like, I feel like yeah. this stuff happens to civilians too and yeah. people need to know that the, that it happens because sure. it's fine. It's not ideal, but it's fine and it is life. Mm. Yeah, sex can be messy and clumsy and funny and it's okay. It's no shame. Yeah, you can not like it. Like, it's okay to, to be like, oh, I would rather that didn't happen, but there's no need to be ashamed. Do you miss the free and affordable ads and social networks without all of the anti-sex rhetoric? Assembly 4 is a team of sex workers and technologists from Melbourne, Australia, aiming to bring back free and fair advertising and social spaces to the sex working community. Stepping away from the clunky design of traditional platforms, their two products, Trist.link and Switter.at, are refreshing and well-needed changes in both presentation and mission. And both are free to join and open to all. You can find both of our profiles on Trist, and I love how it is so clearly designed by sex workers. Yep, and I love how straightforward and easy it is to use and how much they clearly support the sex working community. And also how responsive they are when it comes to feedback and customer service. Check out their website, assembly4.com, for the word, not the number, for more info. So the other day on Twitter, somebody tagged the podcast and said, oh, there's some good shit people say content here. And of course, that sent me down a rabbit hole of hatred and frustration. 
The original post was by Susan Sarandon saying sex work is work, which is so fucking brill because it is so common for celebrities to get on the prostitution is rape and it's all trafficking and blah, 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 blah. Like celebrities love a good sex trafficking campaign. So I was like, oh, wow, go Suze. Love that. Big fan. But then, of course, all the swerfs had come out in force. And I had a whole bunch of conversations on there because I cannot help myself. I cannot. And I just wanted to pull out a couple of them that I thought were particularly funny because so this is one that I've heard this 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 excuse or the, what's what's what I'm looking for? I've heard this um, argument Justice against sex work. Argument. Yeah, a number of times. And every time I'm like, what is that argument? And it is, if you can't see your father, brother or grandfather in that job, then it is not a job. And like, why? Who, ma- who made that rule? <laughs> who wrote down what is work? Work is a thing where your father and brother can be your client. Like, who, where, why? For one, why? For two, what about every healthcare professional? What about psychologists? You know, they can't see their family. Like... Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, again, they can, just like we can, physically we could do that, but it's highly unethical, just like <laughs> it would be for a psychologist. So I said, so being a psychologist is not a job. She said, of course, you can service your father. And I was like, well, that would go against the ethical codes of at least most psychology you know, registration bodies. The same applies to most health sector jobs, same with sex work. I can service, quote unquote, my father, but it would be highly unethical. And then she said, what is unethical is that you want to tell me stories about how you want to normalize sex as a job because you really don't want to work. It's not something you study in college or want for a daughter. And I was like, oh, so we're changing the subject. Solid. Brilliant. Love that. And I I mean, we've talked about this before, but literally, like I, I say this to them every time. Please go and do it for a week and come back and yes. tell me it's not work. Like mm. I don't yes. – and tell me that I'm doing it because I'm lazy. Honestly, go fucking it. do it. Yeah. When they say you do this because you don't want to work and I'm like if you had any idea how yeah. much we do in a week and how absolutely exhausted I am from my yeah. job half the time. Yeah. Uh, you know, we all know what my mother's uh, views are on my work but she texted me even the other day and she's like, are you remembering your work-life balance at the moment? And I'm like, mm. not really, no. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's not uh, a thing that, I, uh, you know – is affecting my life in a bad way, but I really enjoy my work, but it's work. I'm exhausted. I yeah. put a lot of energy into it and I, it's a passion. And yep. yeah, I just, the thought that it's, I just can't imagine thinking it's easy. It's so I don't get that. I don't, I don't it's know how crazy. they can't, like they hate it so much. So I go, right, you must, like you, you would surely not enjoy it because the idea to you of, you know, they think our bodies are being bought and sold, that idea is so abhorrent mm. to you. Mm. So surely you would see it as work. You would see it as mm. not very being pleasant. Arduous. So I don't yeah. – they go both ways. Yeah, it's you're really yes. lazy for doing sex work. It's really easy. But also it's awful. Also yeah. it's horrific and you're being taken advantage of. So, <laughs> like, you know, which one is it? I said, also, my parents are really proud of me. And if I had a son or a daughter, because, again, these people love to conveniently forget that men and non-binary individuals are also engaged in sex work, I said, I would also be proud of them. 
She said, I can't imagine your parents at a family gathering saying, look at my daughter. The faps of that men give themselves because she masturbating with toys or go a date to become a prostitute. What? I, obviously, English isn't her first language, so that's <laughs> part of it. But I also I still don't Fine. even know what she's trying to say. But- <laughs> um, and everyone applauds and say, wow, she's incredible. I'm like, no, of course you can't see that. But I can tell you for a fact that my parents do go, hey, our daughter is a sex worker and she has this successful podcast where she is fighting stigma and she fights stigma and discrimination every day and she does what she loves and she earns an income that she's really happy about. Like, and other people go, fuck, wow, cool, good on her. Mm. Like, Mm. actually what she's – that does actually happen. Obviously they don't talk about people fapping to my porn because what the fuck (laughs) – but That's like, such a weird thing to say. But, yeah, even then is the defining factor of whether your work is valid, whether your family thinks it's great, because yeah. there's plenty of jobs I could be doing that my mother would be disappointed in me 100%. doing. 100%. Yep. Like, there's plenty and, – and they still work whether or not she likes it. It's, that, yeah. That's irrelevant really. Absolutely. That's, mm. If I had a daughter and they turned out to be a real estate agent, in mm. my mind I'd be yeah. like, oh, great, I've raised the devil. But right? I'd or, be proud that like she's a, doing what she wants to do and she's working a job and, she, yeah. you know – Sure, or like a Daily Mail journalist, or a, a yes. Liberal Party Liberal Party staffer. I mean, yep. you yep. know, oh God, can you not? But yep. also, well, yep, you know, or went on yep. to be a you know a preacher or something. Like, I yeah. I'd really struggle with that. But I'd also have yeah. to be like, well, this is her life, and I've raised her to, you know, yeah, that's her choice yeah. of career. But yeah, that argument of it can't be a job because you can't have your father as a client is really strange to me because you've just named three people in the world that I can't have as a client. Like this, that's not really going to affect my client base, is it? Like I'm still, I'm still good. Um, and then he said, a father will always say that he is proud of his daughter or son, even if it is a lie, which I just thought was really random because I was like, do mothers not? Is that just, that's just a father thing. Okay. Uh, prostitution is not something to be proud of compared to saving lives by being a doctor. Sure. I've never professed to fucking saving lives, but neither has Jenny who works at Woolworths. Like, sure. I I mean, okay, if you want to, if you think we all need to be doctors, then it's going to be a really weird world. And then said, I don't think you are the pride that needs to be taught. Sure. Don't, I don't care. That's fine. And two, you don't have kids, so you can't comment. I'm like, okay, sure. Of course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, true, but you're the one that brought it up. So because you were changing the subject, because you had no comeback for when I told you that people in the healthcare sector can't treat their family as patients. Always comes back to the daughters. This chick said, hi, Susan. She doesn't know you, babe. Settle down. Hi, Susan. Will you be encouraging your daughters, sisters, nieces, friends, aunts, mum, etc. to go into this quote unquote work? Like they're always obsessed with daughters going like... Who gives a fuck? I think there are a lot of actors who would be much quicker to send their, well, their offspring or anyone that they knew, people that they cared about, to be sex workers than to work in the industry, in the show business industry, because it can be so much harsher, so much more brutal. There is so much sexual harassment. There is so much having to sleep with certain people to get the jobs that you want, so mm-hmm. much nepotism, so much bullshit, um, inconsistency of pay, people being taken advantage of. Just Hyper-focus on your appearance. Everything, all of this yep. sort of shit. So yep. I, I think to ask somebody who works in an industry that is, obviously she's done really well in it, but like that it's incredibly brutal if they would recommend that their daughter yep. do a, a, a job which may be stigmatised, sure, but potentially a lot less 
fucking 100%. intense than than sex work. I mean, that just feels funny. Like, okay, yeah. Well, yep. I mean, what she does is is yeah. a pretty fucking hectic. And she's worked in it from job. a young age and has gone, yeah. you know, had the longevity. She would have gone through mm. all of the fuckery about ageism in that industry. Mm-hmm. Which yep. is amusing because everyone loves to say that, oh, sex workers have an expiry date. And yet yep. from my oh, – sure, there's ageism that exists in the industry, but from my experience, mm. the people who are older are fucking smashing their financial goals. Yep. So mm. not in the same yeah. – you know, Hollywood actresses aren't once mm. they get to a certain yeah. point. Yeah, so I just had to jump in because it just seems like I such a strange it. thing. Like, yeah. hello, Hollywood actress who has, you know, mm-hmm. been in this industry that's fucking insane – uh, yeah. and has no doubt hard. been in a room with Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. And, and, yeah, uh, yeah. And then like, would you want your daughter to be a whore? Well, babe, like yeah. probably more than I'd want them to be an actress. Like shit. Yeah. And it's amusing because the amount of sex workers I've spoken to who it's come out that their mother actually did sex work mm. is quite surprising to me. And yeah. they've been, you know, they've had really good chats about it and their mothers have been like, okay, well, I'm concerned for your safety like everyone is. I want you to do the right thing and, and look after yourself, but okay. Mm. So actually I think a lot of people would be fine with that. Then this person whose name is come on my birthmarks, which is very amusing to me. Specific? Yeah, it's great. Responded and said, will you be encouraging your daughters to get up and go to work for somebody else's dream at their nine to five each day after landing in debt through college? Have you done any research on the mental strain that this puts on people? And the original woman came back and said, do you really believe that the mental strain from a typical job is comparable to the violence and exploration <laughs> prostituted women suffer? Oh, I'm suffering exploration. Prostituted. Yes, yes, we are prostituted prostituted women. women. Yes. Yeah. And I said, babe, we've lived it. Most sex workers have worked other jobs, believe it or not. Like, yes, that is exactly what we're saying because we've all done it. We've all worked yes. other jobs, found it awful then worked this one and gone, fuck, this is way better. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> when, this is the job yeah. I've been happiest in my life in. So, like, yeah, and that's just one one person anecdotally, but, like, shit, damn. Yeah. So people love to talk about the pimp lobby. Um, and this person said, this is why they, mostly pimp-influenced, argue for decriminalisation rather than legalisation. The former allows them to avoid prosecution without the hassle of workers' rights and protection like COSH. And I looked up COSH and it's the it's a UK law that's the control of substances hazardous to health. So when I first saw it, I assumed it was uh, like the equivalent of work health and safety laws or work safe. And I was like, yeah, cool, that makes sense. And then when I looked it up and it was control of substances hazardous to health, like it's really specific, which I find really odd. I don't know, that she didn't go for a broader thing about work safety mm. and was just focusing in on the substances hazardous to health. These people yeah. are very afraid of semen, so it makes sense. I said, what is this mostly pimp influence business? I've been heavily involved in the sex worker rights movement in Australia for a few years now, and I have not met a single pimp. Side note, that's not to say that they aren't out there, but I've not come across Mm. a single one. And in fact, anybody who has power over a sex worker's income is not allowed to be involved with sex worker organizing. None of the orgs will allow that. That is like the single requirement to being able to get involved in sex work organizing. 
And yeah, I said, also, I live under decrim. This is the other thing. I'm like, we exist. There are already people living under decrim, you know? I said, we live on, I live under decrim. I have workers' rights and protections. I have workers' compensation insurance. I abide by work health and safety laws. I pay my taxes under the business industry code. Like, and I can do those things because of decrim. Like, I don't know. They just get it so backwards. And then we come back to the thing that, that really upsets me about Swerfs which is this other woman has jumped in and said, we will never ever get men to treat us equally while women like you perpetuate the notion that our bodies are a commodity. And I'm not perpetuating that notion. You are. You literally just said it. Swerfs are the ones that are going on and on about our bodies being sold and about women being objectified. We're not saying that. Every Mm. sex worker ever talks about how they're not selling their body. That's actually not what the experience is and that we are selling our time and that our body can be a part of that just like anyone in like a manual labor position is, that our brains are a part of that just like anybody in literally any job is. Like we're not the ones saying that and Swerfs just keep going. You are telling people it's okay to sell your bodies. And I'm like, no, we're not. You're telling people we're selling our bodies. Like I that at the crux of it. I'm like you're the one perpetuating that that notion. <sighs> okay, I've made a lot of points here, but aside from the oh, if you can't service your father, then it's not a real job <laughs> argument. The other one that always baffles me where they've got this from is no, sex work is not work. Are you saying that social services providing some poor girl a job consisting in prostitution is okay and that she must take it? No. No one has ever said that. (laughs) What are you talking about? Um, I said, no, no one's saying that. She said, yes, just think about it. If you agree that sex work is work, then any state or country could offer prostitution as the solution to their citizens' unemployment. It's insane. What? That's never. That's never. That's, it's, that is insane. It is insane. It's definitely insane. Yeah, but that's insane for any job. <laughs> well, that's insane because yeah, that's not what's happening at all. No, you, you. and the government can't for like in you know certainly in in Western societies the government can't force anyone to do any particular job. Sure, they might say, well, we're not going to give you unemployment benefits or whatever, but. They can force you to, well, not force you, but they can request that a uh, that your unemployment benefits are contingent on you applying for positions, but you don't have to take them. Like that's not, what are you talking about? And so I said, except that has literally never happened. No one is doing that. And she said, that's because sex work is exploitation, not work. Please use your brain. I said, no, no, no. It's because people have the right to choose what work they do. And she said, don't waste my time. I said, bitch, you are the one bringing your stigmatized views into my livelihood. Like, sorry, no, this is my zone, right? You're coming in with your bullshit. You don't get to say I'm wasting your time. I could go on and on about the fuckery on Ms. Sarandon's post, but I'll leave it there because I think I spent half the episode being angry about it. So let's wrap it up. Thank you to our spectacular patrons. Our new generous somebodies are Sally Ann, Charlie, and Alistair. Our even more generous somebodies are Timmy, Andrew, Adam Smith, Lachlan, Sub London, Miss Billy, Nora Knightley, Leslie, Scott Watson, Andrew, our secret admirer. FN, Skippy, Simon, Scott C, Mr. E, Catherine, Fritzia Tits, Liam, Ellen, Wheezy, and Margaret. And our extremely generous somebodies are Aaron, Andrew, Pete, 
Josh, Theodore Betts the First Esquire, Amanda Valentina, Sienna Saint, Brino, Adamore, Nick and Wombat. Happy birthday, Wombat. Yeah, happy birthday, Wombat. We'll see you soon. Actually, when you hear this, you will have just seen us, but oh well. Uh, Good memories. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for joining us for another week of all sorts of fuckery. We have no idea what we're what we're doing next week. What are we doing next week? Any ideas? No, no idea. No, no. Well, we'll find out. We hope you join us for that. And uh, <laughs> yeah, thanks again. See ya. Bye. Please look out for us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Patreon. Our name everywhere is Somebody You Pod, as in podcast. Our Patreon starts at just $3 a month and you can get all of our episodes ad-free and a day early, plus bonus episodes, behind-the-scenes action, bloopers and more. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the voices of sex workers. And remember, somebody you love might just be a sex worker. 